0: Welcome to Road to Billions Podcast, the mentality of an entrepreneur with your host, Moise Bertrand. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Moise Bertrand, your host, the Road to Billions Podcast. And today we're having Real Estate Wednesdays with Mr. Christopher Daniels. How are you doing today, Mr. Daniels?
1: Doing good, man. How are you?
0: Doing good, can't complain. So today's topic, we're going to talk about the 1% rule in real estate. So, you know, essentially, you know, me and Mr. Daniels was talking about how so many people are, you know, missing out on good deals just because they don't know the mathematical equations and numbers behind things. So I'm going to let Mr. Daniels talk more about it, but you guys stay tuned. But before you guys even listen to this podcast, share and repost and actually send this to people because everybody needs this information. So there you have it, Mr. Daniels. You have the floor today.
1: Right. So so a lot of times what, 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 what people do, like, they just – a lot of people are just now kind of getting into real estate, right? So they're like, oh, I want to get into real estate. I want to get into real estate. I want to get into real estate. And then what'll happen is they'll see a house and they'll be like, "And or maybe someone will say, well, you know, back five years ago, you could have bought that same house for this price, that price, this right, this right. And what I'm telling you is you just can't be worried about that as an investor, right? You got to be worried about what is the market right now? And then what is the value of this property right now? Because no one can go back in time and no one can go forward in time, right? Right. So, you know, unless you just say that there's no, there's only been a few times in history, right? And because this, the time that this happened is is relatively recent, a lot of people keep thinking we're going to go back to this stage. But what I'm saying is for, for the most part, real estate does nothing but get more expensive, right? There's only been one time where like across the board, real estate has just dropped, right. right? And that was in a great financial crisis. And what I'm saying is that's not what we have going on right now, right? What we what 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 you had going on in 2007 and 2008 was a, an abundance of order over building, right? So, in 2007 2008 during the, right before the great financial crisis or the great you know real estate collapse, people were building apartments and building houses everywhere. Any any place that had an inch of grass, they were building stuff on, right? And they were like just building stuff with like no market research, no nothing, just building it and trying to sell it to somebody, just hoping they could flip it, right? What I'm saying is the reason why the market collapsed because there were so many houses that no one, there wasn't enough people to buy them. You it was oversaturated. Saying? It was way oversaturated. Right now we have a shortage of houses, right? We're three three to four million houses short in this country. Sheesh. Right? So what happens when there's a shortage of something? The prices go up, right? Is this basic supply and demand. There's a shortage of houses. There's a shortage of apartments. So what I'm saying is there's a shortage of places to rent. That's why your rent's going up. That's why the prices of houses are going up because there's a shortage. That shortage is not going to just disappear, right? right? So some people think like, oh, a bunch of people are going to have foreclosures and they're going to lose their house. You can't bet on that. Like you don't know what's going to happen, right? right. And then also on top of that, how many people are going to get it foreclosed? What cities are they going to be in? There's just a lot of different variables, right? So what I what I try to explain to investors is – you have to just analyze properties as they are right now and understand the market as it is right now and not try to, oh, I'm going to try to perfectly time this. It just really rarely ever works out when you do that.
0: So I have a question. So when people
1: buy houses, and back in the day when they was making so
0: many houses, like an oversaturation, what happened to those houses? Did those houses potentially go up in appreciation now?
1: Do you think Yeah, that? so so the funny thing is, right, so the market collapsed, you know, 2007. So, so between like 2007, 2010, 2011, you'll see like a huge drop in prices, right. right? However, what happened, they came right back up. Right? So, let's say you bought a house in 2007 and then it dropped down in value by like 50,000. You st- if you did not sell the house and you kept and you held on to it, now it's probably worth more than what you bought it for. Way it's worth way more than what you bought it for. So you never really actually lost money. Right? Right? And that's what happened with a lot of people. The people who lost their houses were people who were over what we call over leveraged, right? So in another episode, or maybe in the course, I'll talk about over-leveraging because everyone gets so excited about credit. Like, oh, I can buy this, I can buy that, I can buy this, I can buy that. But a lot of people don't think about, like, the downside. Like, what if a lot of things start going wrong? Right. Like a financial crisis. So people who, so you're going you're gonna to hear about a lot of people, and if you talk to people who are invested in real estate, people who owned a lot of properties and, what, and were what we call over-leveraged, they got foreclosed on. Right. So those people got foreclosed on. They left the houses. They walked away from the houses. And then there were also a lot of people who got what we call bad loans. So they they, they were called ARMS, adjustable rate mortgages, meaning that they started off really cheap, and then, bam, the prices went up. So a lot of people just assume that, okay, you know, I can afford to pay this much now, but in five years, I'll be able to pay twice as much because I'll be getting paid more on my job. But what happens when people lose their jobs? They lost their jobs. So what I'm saying is now we don't have that, right? We don't have a bunch of, there's not unemployed. People don't even want to work no more. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? People got jobs. If you want a job right now, you can get a job. Yeah. So we don't have a bunch of unemployed people. Of course, there's a lot of people who are under distress, but nowhere near the amount that was back in those days.
0: Okay. So I have a question as well. So when the market collapses, do every neighborhood, is every neighborhood except, um, affected the same way?
1: No. So a, a nationwide market collapse is, only happened once, right? I mean, maybe during the Great Depression or some other time like that, but it's usually just in, like, a certain city or certain areas, right? So let me just use, like, Cincinnati, for example, right? So Cincinnati got hit really hard in the areas that had, like, a lot of factories, right? Because all those factories started moving to Mexico, started moving to China. So people who lived in those neighborhoods and worked in those factories, they didn't have a job anymore, Mm -hmm. right? So those neighborhoods got literally destroyed, Right. And then also in a lot of lot of urban areas in the Midwest and other places like that, you got a lot of people moving out to the suburbs. So people to start leaving the city. So those parts of town were going down in value while the suburban areas were going
0: up up in value.
1: value. See, and that's usually how the market works. It usually just shifts. Like so certain areas become depressed while certain areas go up in value. Okay. That's generally speaking how it works. I
0: thought that whole thing, I thought the whole country you know, was affected by right.
1: That. I mean, so again, during that time, yes. Um, but I mean, even 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 certain areas, you know, weren't weren't as bad as others. But you know, when we talk about you know uh, prices dropping, we're talking about you know five to ten percent. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you bought a hundred thousand dollar house, maybe it's worth like ninety thousand. Or if you bought a four hundred thousand dollar house, it's worth like three sixty or three fifty, which is you know bad, but it's not like oh, I got to sell my house. Yeah. Right. The the the. What, what, what happened was a lot of people also lost their jobs. There was a financial crisis at the same time. So in those days, you know, when there was a financial crisis, the government didn't start giving people stimulus checks and PPP loans and SBA loans. Like, that didn't yeah. happen. Yeah, that wasn't they, back there. They just said, hey, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just pull yourself up by your bootstrap. But in this day and age that we live in, do you think the government is going to let millions of people just lose their houses? They won't even let you evict people from their apartments and you think they're going to they're gonna let millions of people get foreclosed, it ain't going to happen.
0: Yeah. So I have a question. In my
1: opinion, let me say that.
0: Yeah, I don't think so too. So I have a question as well. So say, for example, someone who is looking to get into real estate. Um, my question, I have a couple questions. So how do you do market research?
1: Right. So what you want to be doing is you want to be buying in areas that have growth potential, that are growing, that have strong indicators of, of growth. The number one thing, one of the things you can look at are jobs, mm-hmm. right? Is the city creating more jobs? Are big factories moving in? Like, So, for example, I'll use Tallahassee. Amazon's coming. There's a reason why Amazon is coming here, because they see the city growing, Yeah. right? You see new roads being built everywhere, right? You Anywhere. see hotels popping up out of nowhere, right? So, when you start seeing hotels, big companies, other things like that coming into a city, are a part of the city, let me say that, that's the areas that you should be investing in. Right Because you know that, okay, you know these big companies have all this market research um that 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 basically indicates that these are good places to come. so if they're coming here, they're coming for a reason.
0: okay, um, so I got that question out the way, and the second question following up with that, someone does their market research and they find like a couple houses on um on the block. So I know me and you had this discussion earlier when someone may not know if that's going to be a good house to buy into. So can you break down like the thinking process and the numbers of how someone can actually see that's a good deal or not?
1: Okay. So what you have to do is you have to have a plan for their property. So you have a strategy. You're either going to buy it and hold it, or you're going to buy it and resell it. Right? So if you're going to buy it and hold it, then, then what you need to be thinking about is how much rent can I get? And an easy indicator or a great way to analyze it without having to be a mathematician is just do the 1% rule, right? So all you do is you take the price of the property and multiply it by 1%, and that should be the amount of rent you could get. The minimum rent. The minimum amount of rent you should get, right? So if I buy a property for 100000 then I should be able to get $1,000 a month, right? So if I, if I look at a property that's $100,000 and I cannot get $1,000 a month in rent, that I'm going to pass on that property, right? Now, let's say I find a $100,000 property where I can get $1,500 in rent. That's a great deal, yeah. right? What if I find a you know, $150,000 property where I'm getting $2,500 in rent? Again, that's a good deal. You see what I'm saying? So a lot of times people are so concerned and worried about like, the resale value of the house, but if you're not worried about reselling it, then you don't need to worry so much about that. Of course, you always want to buy under the under the value of it. But at the end of the day, if you're a buy and hold person, then your main concern is how much you can rent the house out for.
0: Definitely. So those two questions, you answered it very well. And the third question is, you know, I asked you today, why are relationships so important in real estate? And I know you mentioned to me, not every house you're going to see on Zillow and stuff like that. So how do you even find these good deals that potentially could put you up, you know, in the next couple of years and stuff like that?
1: Right. So... I guess I guess we, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll speak in hypothetics, right? So let's say, let's, say, let's say it's two people who go out to a property, right? There's one person who knows the, the realtor and one person who doesn't know the realtor. And they both want the property. Who do you think the realtor is going to give the property to? The person he who they knows. know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. I mean, that's just, that's just life in human beings, right? And, and what I explain to people is that when properties are listed, there's a lot of like, rules and regulations that, that govern that, Right. So hypothetically, now, of course, this, this isn't what always happens. Whoever puts in an offer first, you know, that the seller accepts, that's who gets the property, right? When a property's off market, there's no rules and regulations, right? Okay. So you can literally sell it to whoever you want for whatever price you want. You don't have to disclose certain information. You don't have to do any of that type of stuff. So what I'm saying is what realtors do um, is that before they put a property on MLS, is they reach out to their network first. And what's the MLS? Can you So MLS is the Multiple Listing Service, right? That's, that's basically putting it out in the public, right? Right. So before they put a property out in the public, they're going to call their friends. So the first thing they'll do is, if they get a great listing, the first thing they'll think, hey, do I want to buy this myself? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Think about it. If somebody comes to you with a house that's a great deal, you might be like, well, I want to just buy it myself. Why well, am I going to pass it to somebody else? Yeah. Right? So you might be like, oh, you know, I got my money tied up in something else. Let me call my boys first. Yeah. All right. So then I'm gonna call my, my my people who buy from me all the time, you know. And then if none of them want it, then I'm gonna ask the other agents in my office, "Do you know any people who might want to buy it?" And they might be like, "Oh yeah, I know such and such. He's looking da da da." And then you know they'll, they'll they'll try to sell it through that. And then if none of them want the property, then they'll put it on MLS. So
0: you getting the last last
1: last. Yes. So if you if you buying <laughs> houses on Zillow. On MLS or any of other systems like that, and not to say you can't find deals um, now, and, and I'll talk about that a little bit more if we have time um, about how deals can pass through multiple people and st- it still can be a deal. Um, but you know, long story short, you know you need to be in that network. You need to be. You need to be the person who the realtor thinks about. So you need to be. If you're not a person, if you want to be a real estate investor, a serious real estate investor and you don't have real estate agents sending you emails or texting you or calling you randomly, like, Hey, I just got a property. Then you're not doing your job. Yeah. Right. You, 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 you're, you're not playing this game. Right. If you're just online looking for stuff, you're, you never, you're going to get some deals, um, but you're not going to get the amount of deals that you could.
0: I do feel like that's a big thing. People, um, people oversee, like the power of real estate agents. They have, they really control everything. Like they're in the middle of everything. They see, they know the buyer. They know mm-hmm. the seller. They know how much it is. And they really don't have to tell you how much the other person's putting the offer in. So, well, real estate, I know you did real estate in, in, in a few years. So, I mean, in a couple of years ago. So, how did that even, you know, how, what, what, what did you learn from that and um, that transition into you being an investor? Like you seeing deals every day.
1: Right. So, I know how the game works. So, I know how, how a realtor thinks. So, now I can speak their language. Right. It, the more people's language you can speak, the better you are. So I know exactly what motivates a realtor, and that's their commission. Right. You know what I mean? That's what they're motivated for. That's what they're here for. You know, they're nice people, good, good people, but fundamentally at the end of the day, they make money off commission. So they make money off selling properties, either you buying a property through one of their listings or them you giving them a listing to sell. Those are the two ways they make money, our referrals, right? So you have to be able to make sure that you're going to make them money and they're going to make you money. Like, you have to create win-win situations. So the things realtors love about buyers are – so I'll, I'll give you an example just as me as a buyer. I'm going to go to a house one time. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to make a decision, and I'm going to put an offer in. That's it. It's not going to be, you know, oh, let me go talk to my wife, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, you know, I'm moving quickly. All right. Right? And I'm moving decisively, and that's what realtors like because they want to know that someone's going to be able to come through, they're going to look at the property, they're going to make a decision, and they're going to be able to close. So I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, I don't have the money or I couldn't get my – all my stuff is already together. They know if I put an offer on this property, I'm going to buy it. All right. And they like that, you know? So so that's the type of language you got to talk when you speak with realtors. You got to be able to close.
0: So do you think realtors actually um actually could – Mess somebody up in a deal? Do you think that could be something that realtors could potentially
1: do? I mean, they could if they wanted to. I mean, so you know, if you don't know market values, again, you know, you know, we live in we live in a in, in a capitalist society. You know what I'm saying? So the less you know, the more of a lick you're going to be for everybody. You know, so if you don't know if you don't know how much prices how much the prices of houses are, you're going to get overcharged. Yeah, because they know you don't know. I mean, it's just it's just America. Like you know, I can't. I'm not saying anybody's bad or good for that. What I'm saying is that's how it is in America. People are going to charge. People are going to make the most money they can make out of a situation. So if they see you as someone who's not knowledgeable, who has, who knows nothing about real estate, who knows nothing about prices, they're going to try to sell it to you for the max price possible. Okay, that's how it is.
0: That makes sense. So when um, when when you were doing real estate um, and when you were saying buying houses. What did you do after you bought the house? Did you send the, the realtor a text, say, hey, I'm gonna lock you in, you know, I want to do more deals with you. How is that process to make you gain your network
1: of realtors? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just always ask them, do they got more properties? So I tell them I'm I'm a, I'm an active buyer and anytime you get a property, send it my way. I, I don't care what it is, I don't care how much it is, like, you know, you know, within I always give them my parameters, what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. inside of town, you know, all that type of stuff. And yeah, I mean, I have realtors from five, six, seven, eight years ago who still send me stuff. I get text messages every day. I'll probably start my day with either four or five emails of people sending me deals. Now, of course, I'm not buying four or five deals every day, but what I'm saying is I'm looking at a lot of deals every single day, and that's what a a real investor does.
0: Definitely. So do you have any advice for anybody who's looking to actually get into, well, say, for example, anybody who don't have any money, can they still get into real estate?
1: Absolutely. Relationships. So you can start building relationships early, right? So, you know... (laughs) <laughs> the, the the biggest thing about it is you don't, you, you just don't front about who you are. Like, you don't have to like, be like, oh, I'm someone da 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 Just say, it, look, I'm new. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get in the game. I'm trying to learn and just explain that to people and when you do, what you'll find is that people w- will be willing to help you. So they might have a house where, you know, they can work with you on it. You know, they can say, oh, you know, this is person's first deal. You know, I know it's going to be slow with the loan. It's like, you know, with, with the Well Street house, right? Yeah. So, you know, in a normal situation, they would have been like, man, screw these guys. Let me get someone else. You know what I'm saying? However, you know, he decided, okay, let me work with these guys. You know, I know they trying, you know, da-da-da-da-da. But what I'm saying is, you know, a realtor believing in you and trusting in you can convince a buyer to think that way. All right? So, you know, I've had deals that... I'll give you an example of a deal I had that I lost. Um, you know, I, I, bought it, I, I put an offer in on the property... Um, it got accepted. I put down a, was it? 10 grand. I put down 10 grand for a deposit, right? So I put a 10 grand deposit down. So she knew I was serious. Yeah. 10 grand cash, bam, put it down. Right. And what happened was when, when the property got appraised, there had been a fire in the property and the bank didn't want to lend on it because it had been a fire in the property. Yeah. So all of a sudden, right before we're about to close, now it's a problem. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I got to come up with this cash and I'm telling her like, Hey ma'am, I'll have the cash in like, 30 days, less than 30 days, 15, 16 days. She starts spazzing, 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 spazzing. It says, No, I don't want to do the deal anymore. I don't want to do the deal. I don't want to do the deal. I don't want do to do the deal. And I end up losing half of that deposit. So I no. lost five grand. Yeah, they 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 take a deposit, don't they? Yeah, they can take they can take they can take it. She could have gave it back, but she decided to give just give half of it back. She could have took the whole 10 grand. But what I'm saying is two things, two things went wrong in that situation. And I don't, I don't wanna, you know, run too far over time here. But first of all, the realtor should have never agreed for me to put 10 grand down in the first place, because right. I was too much money. The second thing is the realtor should have found a way to convince that person to allow me to get another extension, right? So you know, that was a scenario where the realtor who I worked with, I was very disappointed in, in their ability. I wasn't one of my friends. this was someone who I didn't know. Um, and I felt like if it was one of my friends, I would have got all my bread back, or I would have got the extension.
0: Yeah, damn.
1: Cause, I, cause, cause they would have went to war for me. Cause they knew they wouldn't want to see me lose five grand. You yeah,
0: understand? nobody want to lose on five grand, man. Right. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't. Even, yeah, I knew they take money, but you know I didn't know you know they yeah. could do whatever they want to do with it.
1: It can be serious, man. They can take it all. They, she could have took it all. Yeah. So,
0: what bit of advice do you have for the new up and coming generation that's looking to get into real estate? Because um, I know the marketing is the market is changing constantly for right. real estate. So. What's some bit of advice you want to give to the viewers and listeners?
1: I think the biggest thing is you got to think long term, right? So a lot of people want to turn turn real estate into a short term asset when it's really a long term asset, right? So, okay, yeah, I might not be able to buy this house and, and resell it for like a hundred thousand in two weeks, or it might not be you know a hundred thousand undervalued, but you have to understand that with 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 what is happening in our economy, the prices of houses should continue to rise a lot, All right? Right. As soon as they raise minimum wage to $15 an hour, what do you think is gonna to happen to the price of rent? It's gonna go right up. It's gonna up. go up. When they start paying people more on their jobs, because now if a minimum wage is fifteen dollars an hour, you can't pay people who are professionals with college degrees the same thing. You gotta pay them more because people people's the money people make is comparative to other people, mm-hmm. right? So the reason why, you know, and it's no offense to anyone, you know, working in fast food, but what I'm saying is the reason why people went to college is because they don't want to live the same quality of life as someone who works at fast food or you know some type of job like that, right? Yeah. So now if, if if someone who works in fast food is making 30 grand a year, you can't pay a teacher 30 grand a year anymore. Now you gotta pay them 50. Yeah. So now if I know that person's getting paid 50, now I can charge them more for the house. Right. So as we continue to to go up and up and pay and people get paid more and more and more, the quality of the price of assets like real estate are gonna to continue to go up. So the most important thing is now to buy as soon as you can, as soon as you're ready, right? And wait. right? They always say the best time to buy real estate was yesterday. <laughs> right? And, and the reason why people say that is because every single day, um, every, every single day, generally speaking, the prices are going up, 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 up. So if you find good value properties and just wait, you're going to do very, very, very well in real estate, but just be, be patient. And don't listen to people who, who are always, because a lot of times what you're seeing when people, like gurus and whatnot, it seems like they're making money really fast, but they're really showing you the back end of five or six years of work. Yeah. Right? Like, I could cap like that. You know what I'm saying? I could show you deals that I made five, six, seven years ago, and oh, I made all this money, but it, it seemed like I made it so fast because you've been following me for two, three months, and all of a sudden you see me. Flashing all these cash, but what you have to understand is it took time to get there. It'll take time to get get you for you to get there, but you will get there if you're patient and do it right.
0: Definitely. Well, I really appreciate that advice, Mr. Daniels. And you guys heard it yourself from Mr. Daniels. He's giving you guys the gems of real estate. Um make sure you guys comment and subscribe because a lot of people are actually looking more into getting real estate. So I know you guys have tons of questions. So be sure to rate their podcast and leave a review and more, more than so. Share it with your family members and friends and family. Thank you so much, guys, and listen to the Billings.